Fucking podcast. It's a little vibe on today, man. You know what I mean? Nothing big. No big deal. Little Manhattans. Little Manhattan for yes. And I ain't talking about the drink, man. I'm pretty sure the drink's pretty good, but I don't know. I mentioned I don't drink too much. <laughs> but yeah, man. Welcome back to episode 52. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we don't have any questions today, so we're just going to get right into it man speaking of drinking manhattans and shit i was up at the beach house over the weekend with my family i know i've mentioned on here how important it is to spend time with your family so just reiterating that fucking yeah i mean go spend time with the family motherfucker (laughs) but yeah man we went out drinking me my brother and my mom and like i just said i do not drink a lot these days and your boy was feeling it not even like i got drunk i don't I almost feel like I'm allergic to alcohol these days, man. I was drinking rum, and by the end of the night, you know, me and my mom took it home. My brother stayed out. 
But when we got back, you know what I mean? I, I laid down and tried to go to sleep. And I just like, my stomach was turning over and it was like burning. So I just fucking puked it up, essentially, man. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm going to chalk it up to my body just rejects alcohol now. It knows that it's poison. It recognizes the poison. And we just want that good herb, you know what I mean? But we're going to get to that later, man. Don't even get me started, all right? But yeah, man, had a good weekend up at the beach with the fam. Um, we also hit a fucking hot yoga class, which if you're out there saying yoga's for pussies, then you're a pussy. All right? Not even that. <laughs> I won't even say that, but go try a class and then say what you're saying. You know what I mean? Especially hot yoga. Bro, that shit, the room is like 103 degrees, uh, something like that. It's over 100 degrees. This is the second yoga class period I've ever done in my whole life. My mom somehow convinces me to do these hot yoga classes with her, and I end up regretting it. So today's, what, Tuesday? And we took that shit on Friday, I'm pretty sure, dude. And my hamstring, it was Friday or Saturday. It was Saturday. But still, my fucking hamstrings are ridiculously sore, bro. Stupid sore, man. I've been stretching. I've been doing the little fucking massage gun trying to get these lactic acids out of it. But man, that shit is brutal. So yeah, before you talk shit, judge not before you judge yourself, right? (laughs) Go check that shit out first, man, before you say yogis are a bunch of fucking little whiny babies or whatever the fuck. And actually, speaking of that, right, so... We're in this class, and my mom goes to it every time she's up in St. Augustine. And there's this guy who you would definitely call a regular. He's at every single class and whatnot. Dude's, like, wearing a Speedo, fucking old dude, probably in his 70s or something. Old guy, like, not in bad shape, though, because he's doing yoga all the time, I guess, right? But we're sitting there laying down, already sweating, waiting for this fucking class to start. And he's in the back, you know chatting it up with all the older ladies in class, you know, just fucking socializing, whatever. And turns out this dude played in a band, a 60s band called the Box Tops, which I had never heard of. My brother said he heard the name before, but I don't think they're, you know, one of the super popular 60s bands. But lo and behold, uh, they're pretty fucking big, dude. So the Box Tops, I looked them up. They even have a song on Quentin Tarantino's soundtrack for his latest film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So shouts to the Box Tops. I'm going to go ahead and play that song off of that soundtrack real quick. This should show a little love, yeah, you know I mean? This is Choo Choo Train by the Box Tops. <laughs> Just see my baby's weed at the station. 
yeah, man. You never know who's in your company, you know what I'm saying? You got fucking... I think he plays guitar for the band. I'm not really sure. I didn't get dude's name or anything. But yeah, shouts to the box tops, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> fucking out here on the Tarantino flicks, man. But yeah, reiterating, spend time with your family. I'm actually going back up this weekend because my sister will be in town as well. And if you've noticed, it's been a little quieter the past two episodes. It's been because I left Rook up there. My mom was going to be chilling for a while by herself. So I figure I leave Rook a Duke up there. They can spend some time together and shit. You know what I mean? So neither of them's alone. Because I'm also back in the office for my job now. And I don't know if I mentioned that. We were working from home for well over a year. Or not well over, but a year and a couple months. But now, unfortunately, they've reeled us back into the office. I need a fucking boo button on here. <laughs> what the fuck is this piece of shit, man? So, yeah, I figure with me being back at the office, it'd probably be better for Rook to just chill with my mom, you know, at the beach. She gets a yard up there and shit. So they're happy. I'm happy. You know what I mean? But yeah, going back this weekend, man, got to get that family time in, you word. But like I said, I don't think there's any questions this week, so we're going to jump right into it, man. So I guess just staying on music, not too much on new music, at least not on my radar, but one that's important, man. Crucial, you might say. Detrimental to your life, man. (laughs) We talked about it briefly on the Butter episode, episode 50. But my man released his new single, G-Code. Audio out on all streaming platforms. Video coming soon. This is G-Code by my brother, P. Butter. A gamer, chess, pawn into a king. Started as a rook, plotting on my queen. Errors to the throne, come get with the team. Always bet on black. What the fuck you mean? Keep that shit a stack. Keep it, keep it G. Do it DIY till I DIE. Always took a stand, never would I flee. Talk shit all you want, still a bitch to me. Feeling froggy, leap, gon' jump off the deep end. I got my own people, I don't really need friends. So fuck that funny shit, there ain't no need to pretend. A strong offense and an even stronger defense. Bitch, I'm working with some fire. Fresh up out the pot, so don't you touch it cause it's hot. You couldn't if you tried, use a motherfucking lie. 
Is you riding the night? Please don't waste my fucking time. Make up your fucking mind. Got the game from my papa. Put that on my mama. Riding over time just so we can see tomorrow. The shit is a G-O. The game is a free throw. I say fuck up. G-Code. Just stick to the G-Code. Midwest. Made it to the south Cause so fucking much Got a potty mouth Talk a lot of shit And can back it up Rap like I, I rap Nigga rap it up Fuck just what you heard Man of my word Trapping off a of rap No need to flip a bird Shout my nigga bird 7-5 nigga Plus a shy nigga Do or die nigga Wonder why niggas shook I'm causing nervousness Cause I break the dawn like an early shift You heard of this Plus I'm on the run And I don't really have the urge to sit A nigga took flight And now they shook by all this turbulence I'm working with some fire Fresh up out the pie So don't you touch it cause it's high You couldn't if you tried Use a motherfucking lie Is you riding the night Please don't waste my fucking time Make up your fucking mind Got the game from my papa Put that on my mama Grinding over time Just so we can see tomorrow This shit is a G-Code. You heard? So get that new record, G-Code. P motherfucking butter, man. But yeah, that's all I have for music for right now. You know what I mean? Uh, so we'll get into the topics, man. I'm just going to get this one out of the way because I don't even know... I don't even know what to think about this shit, really. So for the past couple years... You know, people have been, there's been a lot of controversy, whether good or bad. I guess that doesn't fucking make sense. <laughs> Over the past couple of years, people, one of the hot topics, the hot topic slash triggering topics, let's just say that, right, has been um, the transgender community. Some people, you know, are obviously for it. Other people are super fucking against it. They don't understand it. You know, whatever. Um, I'm indifferent. I feel like we've probably talked about on that on here before. Like, you know, it is what it is. I can't put myself in your shoes just because, you know, my brain doesn't understand that thinking, I guess. But I don't, I'm not going to hate on someone just because they feel this way or made this decision to do something to their body. It's, you know... It is what it is, man. I don't know. I <laughs> I don't fucking know, all right? That's I don't fucking know, man. But let me see if I can find this. <laughs> let me see if I can find this video. Before I say anything, I'm just going to play the video so you guys know, you know, know what we're talking about cuz she's about to get crazy right here, all right? If you're easily triggered, you may want to fast forward. I apologize in advance. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm just so utterly confused by what I'm about to play. So you've said um, that you felt like you've been trapped in the wrong body for many years. Just explain that a little bit. So I feel the only way of really comparing this is maybe someone that's transgender. Um, and I, I mean no offense to the transgender community. This is just how I would explain it, is someone that feels like they're born in the wrong body. So for the last nine years, I felt like I've been trapped. 
Um, since I lived in Korea, I feel like I identify as Korean. Everything about the culture is me. You know, I feel at home there. I don't feel judged. I feel like Korean people accept me. Uh, I feel like I have the look now. So it's it's been a very difficult journey. But I just feel like, um, you know, it's it's how I felt inside. And it's I've just felt trapped. And uh, that, there's no better way of explaining it than that. And it's like someone that maybe is born in the wrong body. I felt that way for so long. Or born in the wrong country. Born in, well, in my case, born in the wrong country. I wasn't born in Korea, but I feel like in a, a past life, I was meant to be born in Korea, yes. Because you, you mentioned that, uh, um, and, quite, and it's lovely, I'm so glad that you know, when you're there that you, that you are uh, um, looked after and that um, people accept and are inclusive, which is really important. But Korean national Sandra Song, who writes for the um, LA magazine paper, said... As someone who actually has Korean DNA, I can say someone suddenly deeming themselves Korean is incredibly offensive, especially since it effectively trivialises our identities because they're suddenly trendy. You know, I, I think there's so much, um, so many problems these days with woke culture, and there's so many people, which I think it's fantastic people have opinions, but I feel like people are so quick to play the race card. So obviously, Paper Magazine is a very kind of, um, you know, very woke magazine, and which is fine, you know, but uh, I do feel like they were quite harsh with their criticism, and I feel like they have a lack of understanding. And uh, of course, I understand the journalist was uh, of Korean ancestry, and I respect Korea so much, but I just feel like people... People are so quick to judge these days, you know, it's fine to identify as a hundred different genders, it's fine to identify as an alien if you want to, but why can't I identify as Korean? So I don't see why people take offence, and I understand that she may be from Korean ancestry and I respect that, but I just feel like, uh, you know, she's, she's just targeting me uh, wrongly, you know, I haven't actually done anything wrong to offend Korea, and I feel like I'm one of the biggest ambassadors for Korea and for Korean people. Yeah, bro. That is what is happening in 2021 so what i gather man again disclaimer i'm sorry like <laughs> i'm sorry man i don't know how to talk about this shit but it's so fucking interesting like i can't my brain is trying to understand what's happening and it's it's fucking like a i don't know man uh it seems like fiction but it's not apparently so what i gather from that video and other shit that i've seen on this topic uh, what I believe was a British man has gone under a transracial transformation via plastic surgery. I guess he said he lived in Korea. But my question is, so he said for the past nine years, but this dude is at least like 25, looks maybe in his 30s or whatever. So like for the beginning of your life, you... Th Everything was good. You were living in fucking the UK and it was, you're just chilling, whatever. Teeing crumpets in that. And then, uh, in it. <laughs> I love the British people say, in it. Hey, man, fucking over here, in it. Uh, <laughs> but so, yeah, that part I didn't understand. He said, for the past nine years, I've felt Korean, basically. And also, my other question is, do you speak Korean? And like, how well do you speak Korean? You know what I mean? I don't know. He obviously spent time in Korea. I can I understand how Korean people might be offended by that. I'm obviously not fucking offended at all. It's just so I, I'm confused is what I am. And I'm not, you know, no negative connotation to that confusion. I'm just I do not understand what this man has chosen to how he's saying he feel like I just don't get it, man. People are 
<laughs> I don't even know what to say, man. I, I feel like anything you say here is going to be fucking taken horribly. And I, I don't even know how to form my thoughts into words to describe what this shit is talking about. I will say it reminded me. I don't know if you guys ever watch the show Atlanta. But there's a, they do like a, one of the episodes is a bunch of little fake skit uh, TV commercials kind of shit. Like they do their own version of them. And they do this, it's like a, he's probably maybe 19, between 19 and like early 20s, this young black kid has, feels transracial, I guess. He's, he identifies as a middle-aged white guy and (laughs) just the shit that, that goes along with it is fucking hilarious. Let me see if I can find this video real quick. Play like a little, I'll play a little snippet of it. Here we go. (laughs) Earlier in our show, we talked about transitions and sexuality, uh, but what about race? Our correspondent, Nathan Wilder, has the story. Harrison looks from the outside to be your average teenager. He goes to school, plays video games, even listens to music in his room. But there's one difference. I'm a 35-year-old white man. Harrison, born Antoine Smalls, has transracial identity, identifying as Harrison Booth, a 35-year-old white man from Colorado. And when did you know that you were a 35-year-old white man? Well, I've always felt different. I go to the store, the movies, and just be thinking to myself, like, why am I not getting the respect I deserve? And then... It just hit me. I'm white and 35. I just miss Colorado sometimes. You know, here I pretend the buildings are the old San Juan mountain range, but, you know, the job's just here. And where do you work? I'm a systems engineer for Coca-Cola. Oh, okay. That boy don't work. He go to school and that's it. (laughs) One day he said, call me Harrison. I said, who's that? He said me. Do you believe that he is a white man? I mean, he isn't. Mm-hmm. Shit, I'd love to wake up one day and say, hey, everybody, I'm Rihanna. But I ain't. It's been pretty hard. My family just doesn't get it. You know, I try to get them to go out with me, go on walks, go to the farmer's market, chat with people, but, yeah. So why don't you think that they get it? I don't think they get it because they don't realize that race is just a made-up thing. Mm-hmm. They grew up having labels, and me, I'm, I'm just not like that. I see. So how do you embrace your identity? I dress a certain way, Patagonia. I wear a thick brown leather belt. I like to envision myself after the surgery. Hey, excuse me, what IPA do you have on tap? Hey, did you see Game of Thrones last night? Yeah. So your your surgery, that's later this year. Right, I started working at Stonecrest Mall, so hopefully by then I have enough money to take the next step. So you work at Coca-Cola and the mall? Right. Correct. I work at both. Harrison has been planning a full racial transition with the Dr. Samuel Vergara, who guarantees Harrison can visually transition through an experimental procedure that will allow Harrison to not only be a white man, but whatever race he chooses. The procedure's absolutely 100% possible. He's gonna look weird, though. But before Harrison can fully realize his physical identity, he still has the day-to-day that's filled with discrimination and ridicule. 
it's, it's pretty awful. You know, you, you walk in the streets and black people, they see you, they're nodding to you like, hey, good to see us. And it's, it's to the point where I've just given up. I've stopped trying to convince them that I'm not us. Gotcha. I think we're taking slow strides, but you have to believe things are getting better, otherwise you'll just die inside. Is there anything you'd like to say to other black kids out there who may be going through the same thing? Just be you at all costs, but also stop dressing so crazy. <laughs> yeah, man, like that was the first thing I thought of. Obviously, this is a fucking joke, you know, a parody, but I just don't understand that shit. You know what it is? <laughs> I blame K-pop music. Yeah, you know I mean, this dude just fucking fell in love with K-pop music and was like, fuck it, I'm Korean out here. Fuck it. <laughs> also because people frequently confuse K-pod, my name, and K-pop, Korean pop music. So we're going to go ahead and blame K-pop for this shit, then. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, like, I could just wake up and I want to be Korean one day, so boom, like, I don't know, man. One of my buddies used to joke, shouts to Posey, <laughs> used to fucking joke that in a past life, I was a fucking old Jamaican man. You know what I mean? So it's like, what if I just woke up one day and I, I was like, hey, I'm Jamaican. You know what I'm saying? Hey, but us bleep paraya them. Dino. Nah, man. <laughs> My old roommate was Jamaican, you know what I'm saying? I love Jamaican music, but I'm not Jamaican. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Lost is what I am. Especially like they, you know, like I said, they speak a different language. It's a completely different part of the world. The cuisine is completely different. I don't know. There's a lot of shit in this world that I don't understand, and that is definitely one of them. That's all I'm going to say. But yeah, shouts to that guy. I forget his name, but shouts to you, bro. I mean... <laughs> Moving on, man. I guess we'll get to sports. We got some sports here. She, she, Uh, first and foremost, I just saw that, I guess, it was like last week maybe, that NCAA athletes are now permitted to make money from endorsements. I'm sure if you watch sports, you probably know that up to this point, college athletes were not allowed to make money. You know what I mean? They were allowed to get contracts and shit to go to the pros, obviously, and they could leave early, but... To my knowledge, they were not allowed to make money from endorsements, the team, anything like that. They weren't paid. Obviously, they're student-athletes. But now, I believe that has been changed by the NCAA. And I don't know if... I think it said just from endorsements. So, you know, if they get a Nike contract or something like that, they can get money. I don't think they're going to pay these kids because, like I said, they're still student-athletes. But that's at least, that's dope. You know, if you're a good player, you're probably going to get recognized by big companies even before the sport, the big pro sports teams that may want to fucking recruit you. 
You can still, you know, go out and get a check somewhere else. Maybe you got college debt, all this student loan bullshit. You know what I mean? But you're fucking crossing motherfuckers up. Adidas sees you out here, says, yo, done. Come get this bread. <laughs> then why the fuck not? You know what I mean? So shouts to the NCAA. I feel like that was a good decision. A good change, man. Some changes in 2021 make sense and are, you know. But, hey, man. Some things are unfathomable. That's going to be the fucking episode title, I think. Unfathomable, man. Because we got some unfathomable shit to talk about, you and me. What the, what, the, what the fuck is this piece of shit? So what the fuck is this shit, man? I know last week we talked about Shikari uh, being the fastest woman. You know what I mean? Qualifying for the Olympics. Literally, I think the next day or maybe a day or two after I put that ep- the last episode out. News broke that Shikari tested positive for THC and was suspended for at least a month. I don't think they completely kicked her out of the Olympics, but they suspended her. And I believe the they suspended her for a month, and the Olympics start at the end of July, I'm pretty sure. Let me look it up real quick. But that would definitely take her out of the games, essentially, for the track and field. So, the Olympic Games run from Friday, July 23rd to Sunday, August 8th. Uh, So, let's see this article real quick. Suspended star Shikari Richardson will not be a part of the United States 4-100-meter team at the Tokyo Olympics, according to the roster USA track and field unveiled Tuesday evening extinguishing the 21-year-old sprinter's last chance to participate in this summer games. Richardson, the 100-meter champion at the U.S. Olympic trials last month, had been ruled out of her signature event because of a positive marijuana test and subsequent one-month suspension that ignited debate across the sports world and beyond. Richardson had steeled herself for the possibility she would be forced to watch the Olympics at which she could have become a gold medal winner and a global sensation. So yeah, um, they basically kicked her out for testing positive for weed, bro. What the fuck is this fuck? piece of shit? The first thing that came to my mind was Michael Phelps. You know what I'm saying? couple years ago i don't know if it was when he was still in the olympics but i remember he definitely caught flack for it that picture was circulating him ripping a bong or whatever but think about just like think about those two people i'm pretty sure usain bolt's in that same category but we'll leave him out because i'm not sure michael phelps and shikari richardson two you know in their peaks which is now for her unfortunately and when michael phelps was probably back I don't know. Whenever he was winning all those gold medals, I don't remember when that was. I was in college, I think. 08 to, you know, whatever. Two top-tier athletes in their respective sport who decide to smoke weed on their free time, you know what I mean, to whether it's relieve stress. Apparently, she had just lost her biological mother and, like, literally just received news about it from a reporter or some shit like that. Like, this is all stuff I'm reading online, you know. I don't know the facts. But either way... You know, she's also about to go to the Olympics. Maybe she's having panic attacks, like, you know, anxiety, whatever. Like, it's just something that some people use to calm themselves down, to, you know, 
I'm not going to say self-medicate, but sort of self-medicate and it, it can help. Some people drink, as we all know, you know what I'm saying? Like people have different things, but in my opinion, out of all the things that we call quote unquote drugs, cannabis is the least harmful. There are still some bad effects as with anything, but you know, I, I would think that it's the least harmful. So she gets caught testing positive for THC and gets booted from the games. But it's just such bullshit, man. I just don't understand it. Um, I don't understand it, man. I was reading, apparently they were saying, you know, race was coming into effect. And I did see a bunch of other young black queens who were in track and field get disqualified for other reasons i think hers was the only one that was related to cannabis but i saw it was like it seems coincidental i don't understand if that's really what's going on because i was also seeing apparently over in tokyo where the games are going to be held they are allegedly super fucking strict about cannabis laws so that people were saying it was because of that like i don't really fucking know but either way man what the fuck is this piece of shit? Fucking, I don't know. Some things need to, it's unfathomable. Like I said, unfathomable. Unfathomable. Jesus, man. What the fuck is this piece of shit? Things need to change, man. Things need to progress. Not, not everything needs to change, but things need to progress with the times. Let me just say that, man. Because... I guess some people were considering it. Essentially, any drug in your system is quote-unquote performance-enhancing, and, you know, she had an edge up above. But, like, if if you smoke, especially if you're about to go sprint your ass off, you're a runner, like, you know, if anything, that's hindering your performance instead of helping it, at least in my opinion. And I'm a smoker, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that I'm unhealthy necessarily, but you know what I mean. If I'm a sprinter, then maybe you want to vape or just take edibles or whatever the case is. And maybe she did take edibles. They didn't even say she smoked, but at least I don't think so. There's so much shit going around and you don't know what's true. So you know what I mean? But shouts to Shikari, man. Much love and prayers to her. That, you know, her dreams were literally literally crushed in front of all of our eyes as we just watch her kill it. So, yeah, man. Um, and I, I did see people joking, how can THC be illegal in the Olympics when they just allowed skateboarding in? <laughs> Which I thought was kind of funny because, you know, a lot of skaters do that shit. But, um, yeah, I don't know if we ever talked about that on here. Skateboarding is officially in the Olympics now this year for the first time, which is dope. I know a couple, let's look up, at least I know I follow like some Brazilian skaters, um, Obviously, American skaters. Let's see who the USA team. Let's see. Let's see who we got. So this record, this record. Sorry, I got music on my mind. This article says the 12 members of the first U.S. Olympic skateboarding team stepped on their boards and skated through a corridor of tall American flags in a joyful pack headed toward an outdoor stage to meet the world together. It was an appropriate introduction for a bunch of world-class skaters who will represent the best aspects of this American-born sport in Tokyo. No leaders, no followers, and plenty of love and support for the whole crew. 
I don't know if any of us imagined we would ever be up here getting ready to skate in the Olympics, said Nigel Houston, the five-time world champion and California native recognized as the highest paid skater in sports history. Damn, even over Tony Hawk? That's nuts. I know he kills competitions, but um, he also said, but we've all been working for this from a young age, even before it was possible. I love skateboarding because it's the funnest thing on earth. Not only if you're one of us getting ready to skate in the Olympics or just a kid out there skating in your skate park, Houston added. It's the freedom, the love that brings us together, and then the nonstop challenge, the progression. Skateboarding is the best. Yeah, I'm, uh, he said even the young kids. He started as like a little fucking seven-year-old with skating X Games with dreads down to his ass. And now, pretty much if you know anything about skateboarding, you've probably seen him. Uh, Nigel's in every contest now and all that shit. Um, fucking Skate League, you know, he kills it. Shouts to Nigel, bro. Houston is... <laughs> Houston is the most famous face among the 12 U.S. Olympians who range from smiling teenagers to accomplished 30-somethings in different races, sexual orientations, and gender identifications. We've all competed at their sport's highest level, and they're all eager to perform when competition gets underway July 5th at Ariake Urban Sports Park. Houston is joined by Jagger Eaton and Jake Elardi on the men's street team, while Mariah Duran is teamed with Alexis Sablone and Elena Smith in the women's street competition, Bryce Wettstein, Brighton Zuner, and Jordan Barat are the U.S. women's park team, while Zion Wright, shouts to Zion, Florida, Haimana uh, Reynolds, and Corey Juno comprise the men's park team. Group was appropriately unveiled in Southern California, where the sport was invented roughly 70 years ago in the parks, streets, plazas, and empty swimming pools of the 20th century. Of the 20th century, America's sunshine wonderland. Decades after the likes of Tony Hawk, Mark Gonzalez, and Rodney Mullen carried this charismatic pastime into worldwide competition and capitalism, reaching the pinnacle of sports. Uh, yeah, and it goes on and on, but, yeah, shouts to the U.S. team, man. I know, like I said, uh, I follow a couple of people from the uh, Brazilian team, you know, all around the world, skateboarding, I feel like has reached everybody up to this point, but shouts to them, man. Fuck the Olympics for the other bullshit, but shouts to them, you know what I mean? <laughs> shouts to the skate team, shouts to Shikari. And shouts to the Euro 2020, man. We didn't mention any of this shit. I'm not a huge soccer fan, but we're in the semifinals for the Euro 2020 right now. Let's see what... Let's see the latest update. I guess Italy just beat Spain on penalties today. 4-2 to on penalties. And then tomorrow we have England and Denmark. But yeah, shouts to Euro 2020, man. We'll keep you updated on that, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I guess last but not least, we'll do an NBA NBA playoff update tonight. Oh shit! Damn, this is. I told you guys, man. Like, I'm. I'll keep up with sports, especially to keep the highlights up here. But I haven't been in my free time. I just like don't keep up with sports anymore. I don't know why. It's, 
I don't know, man. But tonight we have game one of the finals. The Bucks versus the Suns. So it's 0-0 both sides. Even. We're going to see tonight at 9, baby. Finals game one. So shouts to the Bucks and the Suns for making it. NBA Finals 2020. I don't know if it's... I guess they consider it the 2020 season because it started in 2020, right? I don't know. But yeah, either way. I think that was all we had for sports, man. Let me double check over here. Yeah, that was all for that. So moving on, just real quick. I saw that they let Bill Cosby out of prison. I don't know when or why. Um, I thought that he was found guilty for all that stuff he was accused of. But I may be missing something here because apparently he's out. I don't know if it's for good or what the deal is, but I did see that. I also saw up in Philly. They said, fuck out of Fuck, 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 fuck out Apparently, approximately 200 members of the Patriot Front Group marched in front of Philadelphia City Hall Saturday night. Police said the Patriot Front members yelled out, Reclaim America, and the election was stolen before being chased out of town by onlookers. So yeah, shouts to Philadelphia, bro. They didn't need a fucking um, uh, Capital Incident Part Two. You know what I mean? They said, "Fuck out of here!" What the fuck is this piece of shit? You know what I mean, city of brotherly love. I don't know if they did it because you know Philly was like um, the first capital city, or I don't fucking know. But yeah, get the fuck out of here. I also saw. I don't know if you guys saw this video circulating of what looked like the pit to hell, basically. In the middle of the ocean, it was just a swirling ball of fire in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. So apparently, this article says, A leak in an underwater gas pipe sparked a swirling fire that raged for hours in the Gulf of Mexico on Friday, creating a biblical scene that drew comparisons to Mordor, the volcanic hellscape from Lord of the Rings. The circular inferno formed at 5.15 a.m. after a pipeline about 12 inches in diameter leaked, according to a statement from Petróleos Mexicanos, or Pemex, Mexico's state-owned oil monopoly which controls the pipeline. Video footage of the fire showed ships dowsing water onto the flames. The fire was finally extinguished at 10.45 a.m. and the valves connected to the pipeline were shut off according to a statement from the company. Pemex said no one was injured and that it would investigate the cause of the leak, which occurred in an underwater pipeline 150 meters from a platform at Ku Malub Zap, an offshore oil field in the Bay of Kempesh. It was not immediately clear what kind of damage the fire might have caused to marine life or how large the fire was. Company officials did not immediately respond to messages requesting comment. Angel Carizales, executive director of Mexico's Security, Energy, and Environment Agency, said on Twitter that the leak did not cause a spill, quote-unquote. The fire was attended to and controlled by Pemex, 
personnel in accordance with their protocols for emergency responses, he said in a post in Spanish that quickly elicited skepticism and anger on social media. One Twitter user wrote, Pardon my ignorance, but how is there a fire and at the same time no spill? Some environmental groups pointed to the fire as a stark example of the risks of relying on fossil fuels as climate change contributes to fatal heat waves across Canada and the Pacific Northwest. These are the risks we face on a daily basis and which call for a change in the energy model. Gustavo Ampugnani, executive director of Greenpeace Mexico, said in a statement. Chris Robbins, senior manager for science initiatives at the nonprofit Ocean Conservancy, said Pemex should investigate whether any other infrastructure was compromised. Researchers should be allowed to explore the area to assess any damage to marine life. The footage is pretty alarming. It looks like the gates of hell are opening up, Mr. Robbins said. This appears to have been snuffed out pretty quickly, but I do think it raises those questions. As long as we're drilling for oil and natural gas, these kinds of accidents, unfortunately, are going to continue to occur. After President Andres Manuel López Abrador of Mexico took office in 2018, he announced his intention to spend billions of dollars strengthening the dominance of the country's state-owned energy companies. At the same time, he has spurned most new foreign investment in energy, whether it involves oil exploration or private wind farms. He said he wants to restore Pemex's former status as a national oil company that made Mexico self-sufficient in energy and provided hundreds of thousands of well-paying jobs. But critics have warned Mr. López Abrador that he is sinking public money into reviving an industry that is being overtaken by new, cleaner technology. Pemex has also been troubled by debt, mismanagement, and corruption. In 2019, Pemex carried $107 billion in debt, making it the world's most indebted oil company. So yeah, I thought that was pretty fucking nuts, obviously. And I guess kind of... On the Gulf of Mexico topic, we got Tropical Storm Elsa coming through. So I guess if another fire pops off, hopefully the fucking, you know what I mean? Tropical Storm will blow that shit out. You know what I mean? But yeah, that shit was crazy, man. I don't know. Um, What else do we got? I guess since the hurricane or Tropical Storm probably hit South Florida too. A quick update on the Surfside building collapse yeah it's still unfolding as you guys know so i don't want to get too into it like i said last time but just a quick update this article says search and rescue efforts have continued in surfside tuesday with another eight bodies found in the rubble of the collapsed condo building bringing the official death toll to 36 miami-dade county mayor daniela levine cava said that 29 of the victims have been identified. She said 109 people are, po are possibly missing in the rubble. According to the mayor, about 70 of those unaccounted for were confirmed to be inside the building at the time of the collapse. 
She said the others were people who were initially reported missing to law enforcement by loved ones. However, authorities have been having difficulty reaching every person who reported someone missing to verify whether that person was actually in the building on June 24th. Detectives are conducting ongoing and very thorough reviews of these names and reports, she said. Many were originally submitted incomplete, so we may have a name without an apartment number or date of birth or other details. So yeah, like I said, I mean, it's still, it sounds like potentially over a hundred. It's just fucking, fucking heartbreaking, man. But that shit is sad as fuck. So, and it's been a while since I played the happy song here at the K-Podcast. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up episode 52 with your motherfucking man, Gordon Goodwin's big fat band. You know the vibes. T.O.P. One, two, T.O.P. Hit! Wrap up episode 52 he appreciate you guys coming by but yeah man much love to you guys until next time you know the motherfucking vibes stay safe stay smart stay sexy and stay motherfucking tuned we out this motherfucker man oh yeah about to make like a tree and leave you know what i mean <laughs> I.O. Peace. The case podcast. That's rap. Case podcast. Case podcast. Case podcast.
Thank you.